0: You're listening to Fireside Chats Without the Fires podcast, where customer experience enthusiasts are inspired by our weekly CX practitioners and thought leaders who share their insights and knowledge. And now, here are your hosts, Neil Toff and Paul Catherall. Fireside Chats Without the Fires. It is Thursday. That's right. You heard correctly. Thursday. We are doing a special exception today. Recording on a Thursday, Thursday, May 27th. Here we are at the end of May. Uh, we're doing something special because we have a really special guest and we bend over backwards, we accommodate, we customize, we tailor our approach when the opportunity arises and when it's certainly worth it. Audience, you're gonna like this guest. You're gonna like his chapter. You're gonna really like what we talk about today. I'm excited about it. We're also doing something, by the way, we have a couple other u- really unique things. This is Season two, episode 16.9. <laughs> it is not episode 17 because we just learned in Italy that is not a lucky number. And our guest is Italian. So we just learned that. So we're not going to make him do episode 17. Well, we're going to do episode 16.9 on his behalf and give him a really warm welcome and a red carpet rollout. The one and the only, let me make sure I pronounce it correctly, Gregorio Ulioni. Not Uglioni, that would t- that's how us English speakers would pronounce it. But if we were Italian, we would say Uglioni. The CX goalkeeper, welcome Gregorio Uglioni
1: to Fireside Chats Without the Fires. Thank you very much. It's a really a big, big pleasure to be here. As a wannabe podcaster, for me, it's a huge, uh, really great to be here together with you, Niall and, and Paul. Thank you very much for the invitation. I really appreciate it.
0: We're we're so happy to to have you, Paul. Usually on Friday we know what you are,
2: but on (laughs) Thursday, this Thursday, episode sixteen point nine, are you also buzzing? Of course, I'm buzzing. What a place to be on a Thursday with the one and the only CX goalkeeper. I'm 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 a little bit by by side myself right now, my friend. A little bit beside myself. Looking forward to this.
0: This is gonna be a great episode. So what we're talking about today is uh, of course in the uh, series of podcast interviews that we've done over the last many weeks we've interviewed the authors the contributing authors to the customer experience 3 book Gregorio has a wonderful chapter in the book the, the title of his chapter is service excellence create a customer focused value generating engine of your business now that's a there's a, a lot of words in that create a customer focused value generating engine of your business and I admit that when I saw that title I said, oh my gosh what is going to possibly be said in this very short chapter that is going to leave me with the ability to walk away with knowing how to generate uh, more customer-focused value than what I already do. And I will admit, he really changed my thought process. He attempts and achieves something in this chapter, which is very complex, which is presenting a new model uh, around, well, I'm not going to jump jump into it quite yet. Hang on to your hats. We're going to get there but it is going to challenge your thought process around many things, uh, including automation, how to make customer experience better, how to uh, maybe even journey map and create design around certain experiences, but I promise we're gonna get into that in just a second. Once again, Gregorio, he's also known as the CX goalkeeper. And the first question I have, if you follow Gregorio on LinkedIn and other places, why CX Goalkeeper? What a unique name, but why CX Goalkeeper? Where did that come from?
1: <laughs> it's not so a sexy story as you are thinking or you would think about. It was a, a discussion with one CX friend, James Dotkins, and he explained to me how he created this business. He said, I, I am passionate about rock music and I'm passionate about customer experience. And then I said, I am <laughs> passionate about customer experience and I'm passionate about soccer. And um, then was the question, are you the CX uh, goalkeeper, uh, sorry, the CX striker, the CX defender, the CX coach, or the CX referee? And and we were not really sure about that. And then in the evening, I was thinking, sorry, but it's it's clear. I played soccer in, in a team, in the junior league, and I was the goalkeeper. And therefore, I said, let's put them together. And here I am the CX goalkeeper.
0: Love it. By the way, your background photo, for those of you that are watching the video or those that may not be watching it, behind him is a uh, soccer pitch or a football pitch. But it's interesting. It's the corner. I was hoping to see the actual goal. I wanted to see what your position was like as you get ready to maybe, uh, uh, I don't know how you say that, defend against a penalty kick or something like that. But I, I, I love your background. If you can't see it, it is a soccer, a football pitch. I'm sorry. a football there, we pitch. Go. there we go. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think it's always difficult to and it's soccer it's football we are we are discussing about the the game played with the feet and then it's clear.
0: <laughs> the game played with the feet yeah we could have a conversation about that one anyway we'll, we'll leave that for a, a, a next podcast uh, another time just just dedicated to sport only um gregorio i want to ask you going back to the chapter so you know this is just an amazing book and a, a, a really strong collection of contributing authors each of the authors uh, offer up a new uh, approach or angle on something in CX. I will admit that when I read, started to read your chapter, I thought, hmm, I'm a little skeptical. There's some concepts in here. I've read them before. And then all of a sudden, in a very, very clear and concise way, um, you introduce something that I have not seen anybody else do um, in your model before we get to the model a component of that model and what i really like about the start to your chapter is something that you talk you you call enablers three enablers to achieve excellence in customer service could you share with us what those enablers are
1: Uh, sure more more than happy and thank you very much for for inviting me it was really a great journey together with the other author, authors to, to create this, this amazing book, and uh, we are really proud about, about the outcome. Uh, I, I want to be transparent from the beginning, and it's also c- properly quoted in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the chapter that I wrote. The idea of this matrix that we will discuss in few, uh, later, it's, it's not my idea, it's uh, coming from a book, the best service is no service, Bill Price and a former um, VP of, of customer service at Amazon, and he created this matrix in 2008. And when I read his book, it was for me mind blowing. And I said, why, the, what the hell, companies could use this matrix to really get to the next level, generate value for the customer, get more customer focus, but also to for example, get more efficient, and and and. And I said, let's think about it. If we wrote that in 2008, and now we are in 2020, we had massive uh, new technology in place. We have a lot of new opportunities, and therefore, I was I was thinking, okay, what are the three enablers that we can leverage for these metrics? And the number one is its data. We have a lot of data, and we can use this data. We can leverage this data to create to understand people to personalize experiences to ensure that for example i know that paul is uh, is a lover of soccer and then i should discuss with him about that make a joke or something like that leverage this information this data for sure always being compliant with all regulatory um, reasons and uh, gdpr and what one needs to be compliant with but let's leverage the data the second one it's it's about technology nowadays The technology is there. I think nobody can tell us or tell me I don't find the right technology to to do this, to perform that, or to improve this process. The The technology is there. We need to leverage that. For me, technology is a mean and not the solution to solve customer problems or customer needs, but really it's the mean how to create this experience for the customer. And the last one, and it's the most important from my side, are the human beings. I don't see, I don't know any robot, any virtual assistant, any machine able to empathize with people, to really understand your emotional status. For me, it's clear. Nowadays, employees, human beings still make the difference.
0: I promise I'm gonna push you a little bit on that one, a little bit further. I, I am a, I don't know if lover, but I am a adopter and, I'm encouraged by the automation, but I promise we'll get there. We're, we're gonna have a little, uh, a little argument on the pitch about that, I promise. We'll, we'll get there in just a second. Um, so three enablers exploit the available data. Number two, leverage technology. Number three, human to human interaction. So I think many of us would agree about the importance of those things, but what you do with those in the next part of the chapter and where I want to focus on is you introduce a model. And I'm going to share the model. I'm going to share the screen for those that are going to watch this on uh, on on video. Just bear with me while I find it. Um, one second while I share the screen. Hold on while I hopefully find it. Um, I'll look for it in in a second. I'm gonna put it up in a second. Um, Walk us through the name of the model and what you attempt to explain why this model is so relevant for customer experience.
1: Um, The name of the model is the value irritant matrix. I think this is for sure a simplification, but we have interaction with customers as a company and customer have interaction with companies that can create value or they can be irritating. And there it's always try to find out what is irritating for the customer, what is irritating for the company. Irritating means not generating value. It's something that it should happen by by, by itself or it sh- it's, it should not be asked. And therefore, we have always value creation and irritation. And we need to balance them and to find ways how to cope with this, with this model. Um, if you are seeing that, uh, you, you can see that the explanation for uh, the, the listeners is, is quite easy. On the horizontal side, you have the customer. And the customer can be, the interaction with the customer can be irritating or can generate value from a customer point of view. On the vertical side, you have the company. For the company, again, the interaction can be value generating. Or can be irritating. It costs only money, it brings nothing. And with this simple matrix two, you can define how to structure your strategy around servicing. And um, Neil, if you allow me, I start with one example. And let's think about the, the easiest example and the most important. Uh, I said the human-to-human interaction is the most important, it's extremely important. And therefore, if an interaction creates value for the customer and it creates value for the for the company, then we should leverage this interaction. For me, it's there, it's less about how long, for example, a call it takes, or um, which processes is in there. But there we need to leverage this human-to-human interactions, create this experience between humans in order to for example um, upsell cross-sell offer new products really understand the customer and solve this issue it's not about uh, average handling time or volume it's really where humans can make the difference this is one example Neil shall I shall I continue with the examples or
0: yes a- a- absolutely so I, I've I had the model up I've taken it down, so that we can uh, look at each other again, Uh, just reference for the audience. What I showed was directly from Gregorius' chapter in the Customer Experience 3 book. Um, That is what you get when you buy the book. That is what you get when you read that chapter. So you will see it there. Um, The four boxes, the X axis and the Y axis. Um, No, absolutely, please continue. Thank you.
1: Uh, I use for me, we discussed about the most important there. I want to state it again. It's not about automating because these are the valuable interaction that we have with the customer. And if we think from a service point of view, there are not so many touch points where we can directly interact with the customer. And therefore, there it's important to leverage. I have the customer focused on me, willing to discuss leverage that. Let's, let's make another example. Let's go one level um, deeper. If these interactions is um, irritating for the company, but brings value for the customer, and this is always the, the, the best example, I am working in a credit card company. I forgot my PIN, I need a new PIN. There it's irritating for the, for the company because they need to send you the PIN without really value in this uh, process but it creates value for the customer because he can use the card. Then there we should automate. These are calls that are not relevant. If, you am, if I'm calling a company and I say I need a, a new pin for my card, this is something that should happen automatically or even better in self service. I go into my app and I see the pin of my card, I can use it. Therefore, there it's important to automate and take away all the, pod, all, all the human interactions. For me, it's clear. At the end, we are in a people business, and if a customer really wants to talk with an agent or um, an employee of, of the company, we should offer this opportunity. However, there it's it's important to automate. Going one step further in in the matrix, if it's irritating for the co- for the company and it's irritating also for uh, for the customer, sorry, then we need to eliminate these these processes. That's, for example, complaints. <laughs> it's irritating for the customer because he's complaining it's irritating for uh, for uh for the company and therefore try ways to eliminate these uh these interactions and the last when you say when you say eliminate you mean fix the the root cause
0: of it so that that problem no longer exists i, I think that's what you mean by
1: eliminate correct i think you you read carefully the chapter in the book and this is exactly exactly the, the most important point these uh, complaints should not happen if one customer is complaining about something then f- uh, try the way to fix it that the other customer will not complain again about the same issue and uh, and Thank you for, uh, for for adding this. It's 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 exactly this topic. Uh, the last one is uh, if it creates value for the company and it's irritating for the customer. And there it's all, for example, all this compliance task that I need to check that you are still living at the same address or that um, your income. Or I need to check some something. Then there it's important to extremely simplify. The interaction with the customer because I am irritating you. Neil asking, "Are you still living there?" And you say, "Tell why are are you asking me this information?" It's sure I am there, but there are some rules and regulation asking and uh, that need to ensure that that these processes need the data needs um, that data are checked regularly, and therefore they are extremely simplify and make for the customer easy the way to answer to your request. In the book, I am doing the example of the others check. I push you a notification and I say, are you still living there? And you say yes, and then it's completed. For you, it's really effortless. And for me as a company, it's value added because I need that in order to continue doing business with you. This is the the value-written metrics. We are our four fields, um, leverage, automate, eliminate, and simplify. And based on them, you can design experiences, you can design your strategy in your, in your, uh, in your department's, uh, service department in order to ensure that you have enough people to speak, to talk to the customer. But you can also have the technology in place to solve some, some issues. And for me, the, the, the important topic is about being proactive. And for quite a lot of use cases, um, customers are contacting the company, for example, because um, the parcel is not coming. And as a company, I know that why I am waiting that the customer is complaining that I didn't send to him the item that he wanted to, to, to be shipped. And, and this is something extremely important. Let's get proactive and go to the customer, explain stuff, and ensuring that you have this dialogue and ensuring that you do it in a proper way. I think
0: the, the, the matrix itself, can begin to set the tone for what companies should be considering. I, In my business, um, I'm in the outsourced contact center business and we have many clients that are not yet using automation. They're scared of it a little bit. They don't know where to start or what to do. And I think that breaking things down in this way will begin to show them where they should at least start. Yes. This is a, a great, uh, I think, maybe called a compass, or, or maybe actually be the roadmap of what a company should do as they approach and consider what to automate, what to improve, and what to put into the hands of humans. Correct. The one thing that I maybe differ a bit in, when I, I promised I was going to push back on you just a little bit, was um, as we of course know, not all customers are created equal we have customers that are comfortable with digital and automation maybe maybe they skew younger maybe they might be more educated maybe but certainly youth and age might be a general description of the type of consumer that is more ready to use automation and would prefer to use automation than talk to a human then on the other hand, you have others that just only want to talk to humans and they don't want to be automated ever. And so this whole uh, push-pull, I think, of things is 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 quite interesting. Uh, me, for example, I think that I would prefer automation over having to talk to a human. I just went through the just the example you gave of having to do a password reset with a financial institution. And if I can automate that and make it shorter and I get to control the destiny rather than having to wait on hold, that's, that's certainly preferred for me. Um, but what, what what I was also thinking about was, um, um, yeah, just what, what is for one is not necessarily for another, but there's one other challenge, certainly in the United States right now, we have a challenge. And I think there's many other uh, countries have this challenge throughout the world, which is in the contact center. It's very difficult to employ people right now. People don't want to go back to work to the contact center. And so while we have human to human as an ideal, the cost of human to human is quite expensive, certainly when you compare it to automation. And now the availability of human to human, you know, the availability of, of humans that want to work in the contact center that you can train, that are going to stay there, that are motivated, all those things that we already know about in the contact center, those are also challenges that I think influence the, the model. The one th- thing I think I would introduce to this concept is, if human to human is even a possibility in your overall journey map, we're assuming that it is. I don't think it always is from a cost perspective and from an availability perspective. I'd like to know, do you agree with that? Or am I just, uh, I'm thinking too narrowly.
1: No, that's uh, that's a, uh, um, a great piece of, of thinking and, uh, and commenting on that. First of all, um, there is no solution where you can say one fits for all. And therefore, beginning where you started speaking about, uh, for me as a customer, I like more uh, self-servicing, older customer um, don't like self-servicing. That's clear, but therefore we are now in the experience economy using the name of a very well-known book. And we need to create these experiences for our customers. And I really think that it's important to understand the concept and then to use that. and perhaps for some personas, you go more for automation. for other personas, you go more for the human to human interactions. And basically at the end I am I, I also said about the data. If you have enough data, then you can also start deciding for my super premium customer, I can offer everything and they want. If they want to speak, we speak, if they want to meet, we meet because there I can I have a return on this investment. For other customers, perhaps you can you want to steer them, deflect them to a specific channel. If they want to use other channels, then we are in the business. then perhaps you have a fee or something different. And therefore I fully agree. Additionally to what you are saying exactly for if you are classifying the processes with this matrix, it differs from the different um, industries. Because, for example, the address check or um, that's an, a good example, the address check for a bank, it's nasty because I need to do that. But for insurance, if you say, no, no, I moved somewhere else, then I can start thinking, okay, for me, I should leverage this information and start checking. Do you have an insurance? Uh, did you need an insurance? Uh, do, you want, do, do you want an update? Did you buy new, new stuff? And therefore, we need to upgrade your, uh, your, your insurance. And therefore, also there... You need really to check that in your industry, in your setup. And for sure, I agree that humans costs, but I'm not sure that it's always the first cost that company needs to take out when they need to save money. And it's clear if you don't have the human beings, then it's another issue, then you need to, to find other solution. But if you still have the opportunity to invest in humans, then think about this matrix and think where you can really leverage the human power instead of having one one um, I don't know uh, employee answering continuously to complaints for the same reason perhaps instead of saving the money of this employee <laughs> fix the root cause of the of the of the complaint and then you will not have this cause agreed
0: I couldn't have said it better myself this 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 was great I want to ask you um changing subjects just away from the chapter and from the book. Uh, so CX goalkeeper, again, the, the name resonates with me. I, I I picture the goalkeeper is the last, the final line of defense. The game depends on the CX goalkeeper. The, the game depends on the ability to stop the ball, maybe to give instructions to the team. One, no, line up here, line up to the right, to the left. No, 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 just a little bit more, right? You always see the goalkeeper doing this or doing that and yelling at the players. It's obviously a very important figure. Who is the CX goalkeeper in a CX organization? Is it the chief customer officer? Is it the lead or the supervisor on the contact center floor? Is it uh, the frontline agent? Who is that goalkeeper?
1: (laughs) That's that's an interesting question. And thank you very much, because most of the people start speaking about goalkeepers and then there are quite a lot of books saying or explaining that a goalkeeper need a bit to to be a bit mad and I was hoping that we were not asking if I am mad
0: <laughs> no 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 we know you're mad because to be a goalkeeper in any sport in uh, uh, soccer in hockey in lacrosse which is what we, we we play over here in North America you have to be mad to have a very a ball coming at you very 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 fast at your face or your body you have to be a little bit a little bit crazy I think that's part of the assumption isn't it
1: I think sports is is really showing um, one really good example. I think it's not about the one player that has exactly this role. I think customer experience in a company could be seen. And really, I'm creating now this this discussion now. I'm not sure that I'm coming to the right point, but I am trying to do that. Uh, Six in a company is like uh, the sports team. Everybody needs to do his tasks and help others to win the game. And in customer experience, I think everybody in the company owns customer experience and everybody needs to perform some task, help the others ensure that they can achieve the target in in sports, is to win the match, to win the championship, to to play in the champions league. And exactly the same is, is in a company. It's at the end to keep the customer to achieve the company purpose.
0: Paul as a lover of, yeah, I want to ask Paul, as a lover of sport and as a lover of all things uh, customer care and expert, what, what do you think? It's a pretty good, pretty good summary, I think.
2: Yeah, it's bang on. And um, I, I, it draws me back to, so I'm Welsh and I'm passionately Welsh. So for you guys that may not know uh, that we are defaulted to passionately hate the English, right? In sport, in sport, right, Um, 2002, I think, England went and won the Rugby World Cup, and Will Greenwood, who was a a great player in his day, used to play outside centre, he wrote his book, and I read his autobiography, and his line, he wrote something, and I'm paraphrasing, along the lines of, I was able to do my role in the team because I knew the person to the left and to the right would do do their job, so I could simply, focus on what I had to do and I think what what Gregoria is saying there is that everybody has a plays a part in the x you know the customer experience right everybody regardless of your position and as long as you know that and take that on board then it frees you up to focus on what you've got to do to improve or to make sure the customer gets the best type of experience Make sense
1: Yes, it, it completely makes sense and I think at the end we can we can compare that really. Um, you can have the greatest player, perhaps today's Messi, Mar- Cristiano Ronaldo, but earlier was, was perhaps Maradona, but they were not able to win the match alone. And, uh, and uh, for sure they scored um, goals and everything, they are the best, but they need the team, everybody needs to do something in order to achieve the purpose of the company.
0: But only one player missing on that list that you just gave. What about Ibra? I'm very surprised Ibra is not on that list. Uh,
1: uh, you, you know, I, I want only to use example that everybody knows. I, I agree. Ibra is, is also a great example. And also, uh, perhaps uh, there are people that like him and people that don't like him. But at the end, what he's now saying with AC Milan is saying, I am the oldest. And I want that the team grow together up to my level. If it's possible to achieve that, I don't know. But basically, he's really helping the other to grow. And if we see, or if you followed a bit then the Italian Championship, what Ibrahimovic did with the team was really outstanding because now AC Milan qualified for the Champions League and the expectations were not really there. But he helped the team to grow. And even if he was not playing, he played only half of the matches, they qualified for the Champions League. And I think these are the leaders that are helping companies or teams to grow. And everybody needs to grow to come to the next level.
0: Excellent. Paul, before we wind down to the final third, the the final three questions, anything else we want to ask, uh, Gregorio, about the book, the chapter, the things that you just mentioned?
2: No, not for me. I, I love the fact, Gregoria, that you're able to explain a very complex subject very simply. And I'm not the brightest tool in the in the box by any stretch of imagination. And I I completely understood it. More importantly, for me, I'm a huge sports fan. You know, I, any sport, I'll watch it. And for you to explain how CX plays into a sport environment, I, I I you know, I'm even more in awe of your ability, my friend. So great, great work. Thank you so so much.
1: A big pleasure. Thank you to you. Nice. So as, we,
2: as we'd like to do with our, all of our guests,
0: we'd like to ask them three final questions towards the end. The first of the third, the first of the three, is a CX myth. Is there a CX myth that you would like to bust? Something that we all think we believe in, but actually is not true or not exactly true.
1: Uh, I know that your listener, your audience are really already customer experience experts. However, I would like to really to start from the basics. And one is one topic, if you're speaking with other with people, they are saying uh, customer experience is an hype. It will go away. I'm not so sure because perhaps 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it had a different name. It was customer relationship management. It was marketing. It was, I don't know. But customer experience will not go away. How we treat customer, how we engage with customer, will be with us forever, as long as we we are in the business where we have uh, request, uh, supply, and request, and and there it means we need to do something. Clear, it's it's not a re- religion, and I don't want to be unpolite. It's and but it's an extremely important pillar of the strategy, of the purpose of companies. And this is the key to start uh, discussing about that it's not something fluffy that will go away, but it's something re- real and important, and it will be also here in future.
0: Super. I, I love this. And because I've already seen uh, your three CX myths, I'm going to ask you to skip to the third one not the second one, but the third one. I don't know if you have it in there, but the third one, I'll queue it up for you, is about the word.
1: I I will skip that.
0: Wow. But I want to ask you about the one wow because I I like this one. Tell us about wow and being a CX myth. I
1: I think quite a lot of, of companies are thinking about if we want to keep our customer for a long lasting relationship, I need to wow customers. And somehow I agree. But this is, let's say, really the last step of a longer journey. Basically, for me, what is important is that the basics works. If you have a question and then you contact the company or if, if you want something, then your questions need to be satisfactorily answered. Meaning, let's say, if you use um, the different example, it need be. You need to get a friction frictionless uh, service, uh, an amazing service, uh, above average services. We have all the experts that are sh- sharing and explaining how to do that. But first of all, you need to fix the basics. You need to fulfill the real customer needs. In the case that we discuss. Is uh, to send to, that they get what they want. They get the new pin or something like that. And afterwards, you can create these wow moments. These wow moments, by the way, are not are also expensive, and therefore you need to select them when you want to do them. When can you do them? Because it uh, it's it's easy. Uh, if you buy something at my shop, I will give you twenty bucks discount for the next time, and you are happy. For you, it's the first wow. But the next time you are expecting that I give you the 20 bucks. And then you say, oh, it's only 20 bucks. But the second time that I'm buying with you, why not giving me 30 bucks? And therefore, there you need also to also to, to understand what you do, how you do that. And uh, there are some experts that are saying, if you are doing that, then explain that it's one off and it's not a recurrent because our expectation, customer expectation are increasing, increasing, increasing. And this is the the great job that Amazon is doing. We compare all industry with Amazon, one click it's done and dusted and I have it and it's extremely personalized. And therefore we need to pay attention on that.
0: I, I love this. So I will share with you why I love this. I don't believe in wow. I don't believe in empathy. And people, listeners say, what are you crazy? I'm turning off this podcast right now. I don't believe that the objective uh, should be wow. I believe the objective should be resolution. And if you achieve resolution, then you can achieve satisfaction. That's the objective. Wow can be expensive. And getting to wow is very difficult. Wow is the exception. It's not the rule. Empathy for me is not what's critical in an interaction. Yes, it's nice to listen. I think listening is important. But I don't think fawning over a, a customer and telling, you, telling them how sorry you are and uh, crying with the customers should be the objective. The objective should be to resolve their problem and make them feel better about the interaction by the time they hang up or by the, by after the time the ticket is closed or the case is closed or the problem is resolved. That's how you get to satisfaction, but we can spend certainly more time talking about that at another time. I, I'm just very happy that you you articulated this. Let's move to the next, uh, the, the second part of the final third, which is CX quotes. You shared two CX quotes with us uh, from two people that we we certainly know well. Would you mind sharing those quotes with us? Uh,
1: sure. I, I want to be precise, therefore I'm going to read them and why I selected them because I think there are. The two most important assets in a company are the customer and their employees. And therefore, I selected one about customers and one about employees. The first one is from the book "Customer Understanding" from Annette Franz. Uh, she's writing at the end of her book uh, one letter to the CEO and one sentence ticked out. And if you need a little reality check, pause for a moment and imagine a business, imagine your business with no customers. And I think this is this is already self-explanatory. I'm not going really to, to comment that. And the second one, it's from the book Good to Great, Jim Collins, page 41. The executive who ignited the transformation from good to great did not first figure out where to drive the bus and then get the people to take it there. No, they first got the right people on the bus and the wrong out of the bus and then figure out where to drive it. And I think also here, I don't need really to discuss about it because they are self-explanatory. The two most important assets of a company's customer and employees, customers is clear and you need to have the the right employees on the bus or in your business.
0: Absolutely. What wonderful quote. Thank you for sharing those with us. The final third of the final third Who are your CX heroes? And it's a great list and I'm so proud that many of them, most of them I would say, actually have been guests on this podcast. So please share them with us uh, because this is a great group of people to follow and uh, whose content should be consumed in the CX community.
1: In this case, I wanted to say thank you, because this I always wanted to be like the speaker in the stadium, saying the 11 players that are going to play the match. And therefore, this time I am allowed to do that. And thank you that you allowed to select 11, <laughs> 11 names. Let's do it. <laughs> and uh, let's start. Uh, number one, it's not priorities or the best or the worst. First, their uh, selection, one, Ian Golding, two, James Dotkins; three, Professor Nils afner four, Nate Brown, five, Peter Dorrington, six, Annette Franz, seven, Christopher Brooks, eight, Stacy Sherman, nine, Naeem Arif, 10, Jonathan Daniels, 11, Federico Cesconi.
0: 11, I mean. you heard it. The starting lineup, I think in the stadium, usually they have an echo. I'm trying to add an echo right Ooh. here.
2: Oh you're
0: yeah. Hello, the
2: Ooh,
0: exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What a great list of 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 ex nice leaders uh, from That's all nice over stuff. the world. By the way, we have okay. from uh, all all all. Let's see. Certainly, there's Europeans. There's North Americans. Um,
1: yeah. US, UK, sure. Switzerland. Yeah, I think yes.
0: Yeah, love it. This is this this was a great list. Thank thank you for sharing with us. Paul, let's wrap yeah. this one up. I think we've had, obviously, a sensational guest here um, with Gregorio and some very thought-provoking content.
2: Yeah, and I was trying to tie it into a football analogy, and the only thing I can think of is Gregorio's just set his team out to get to the Champions League final, right? It's just an amazing way that he's done it. His game plan is extremely clear. His communication is, is on point. Um, yeah so Gregoria, thank you so so much for taking the time out we understand how busy you are it's a privilege and an honor to actually welcome the CX goalkeeper uh, on the podcast and I know he wouldn't talk about it but I have noticed the color of your cap and that now makes more sense there we go thank you that was good
1: it was a great pleasure. Thank you very much. I think we all together scored a great goal together. Hey. I, I like it very much. A big pleasure to be here. You are doing a great job. I really enjoy listening to, to your podcast. I'm not sure that I'm going to listen what we are discussing now, but uh, you have really a, a great podcast. And thank you very much for the invite. It was outstanding discussion. Thank you.
0: Gregorio, th- thank you so much for being here. Uh, we learn from you. And you made us think and I think that you provided a model which is what um I think our audience mostly likes something to take away something to share with their teams something to share with their boss something that's going to maybe uh, create the possibility for them to make change in their own organization and I think that certainly the uh, the model does that uh it's going to make us think I really enjoyed the way you took a complex set of questions and provided a way for us to think these through. This is, this is, this is very this is valuable, very, very value, valuable. Thank you so much for that. Uh, so we're going to wrap up today's session. Once again, this was Season 2, Episode 16.9. We only do that in honor of special guests. Uh, the CX goalkeeper, Gregorio Ullioni, uh, the author of Service Excellence, Create a Customer-Focused Value, Generating Engine of Your Business thought-provoking and challenging. The CX goalkeeper, Gregorio, thank you once again. We will look forward to following you, cheering you on, watching you stop the goals, getting the team aligned on the pitch, just correctly, just perfectly, uh, and continuing to do great things in the CX community. Thank you once again.
1: Thank you very much. It was a great pleasure.
0: The episode is over, but the conversation continues please rate and review us in Apple Podcasts. Post a comment and subscribe to stay on the leading edge of customer experience. To get in touch or be a guest, follow us on Twitter at Chats Fires or on LinkedIn or in your podcast repository of choice. Thank you.